when you think about the context that we've lived through in the last several years, especially of um, of leadership in in our politics, in leadership in organizations, uh, in leadership in ministry, um, how is that change still needed in our contexts today? You know, I think sometimes uh, people can feel like servant leadership uh, is a good fit for contexts where people have. Uh, values and a culture that align with it. Uh, the reality, which you've sort of pointed to, is servant leadership in its origins didn't begin in a context where uh, the society loved servant leaders. It, it, in fact, it was in a context where that kind of leadership looked weak. Uh, it looked like uh, the kind of thing that would uh, lead to you losing any position of influence and leadership. And the reality is, is in our day and age, we still have those same kind of temptations. We, we look to uh, strong uh, forms of leadership. We look to uh, the way society views uh, power. Uh, and that doesn't always translate into wanting to uphold as a model leaders who are exhibiting a service orientation. And so it, 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 it somewhat is still a countercultural model. That's one of the reasons that I'm so... Uh, interested in not only talking about servant leadership, but also uh, trying to do uh, uh, study and research connected to servant leadership as well, because it affirms that servant leadership is, is not just a good idea uh, for even our society. Uh, it also is an idea that works. Uh, it actually uh, produces value uh, for the people we lead. It produces value for the organizations we lead. Uh, and it uh, produces value for the, the customers or constituents that are served by the communities that we lead. Uh, so the fact that servant leadership is countercultural even today uh, doesn't change its value uh, for our context. So that's, that's one of the, the emphases I like to, to bring to people who are considering uh, the importance of and value of servant leadership in their, in their organizational lives. One of the things you point out in the book, too, is this uh, is the is the importance of success in leadership comes from empowering enabling and developing the people around you and those that you are blessed to lead in such a way that their light shines as opposed to it being about the leader and i think from a from an organizational context especially if i think about this there are times when leaders say, listen, I get that, John, I hear that, I understand uh, that I'm supposed to enable and power and delegate and, and all these things with my team. But the fact is, I don't have the time. It's easier for me just to go do it than it is to empower and let people learn and fail and, and get their own traction behind this. So how do we, uh, you know, how do we make that context something that they will be able to lean into? And what do you say to, to those leaders who push use that as a pushback? Yeah. Well, maybe you have uh, heard this uh, African proverb that I like to turn to sometimes uh, that says, if you, if you want to go fast, go alone. Uh, if you want to go far, go together. In that context, I, I think about uh, that that mantra when we're we're speaking of the type of leadership. That tendency for the leader just want to take charge and do it themselves. Uh, the tendency of that leader to just want to uh, sort of direct alone, tell people what to do, and move on to the next thing. Uh, that works for short-term needs, right? It it probably is more efficient in the moment, uh, but I would argue that it's not more effective in a long-term perspective because we're not helping to develop uh, people 
to develop followers, to develop organizational members uh, to their full potential. And we want people to, to thrive because when people thrive in our organizations, when they're growing, when they're learning, when they're being developed, uh, guess what? The organization grows and develops as well. And so what feels like a, a shortcut for a leader, right? Just being very directive and hands-on and getting things done in the moment, uh, it, that, that works for the day, but I don't think that's going to work for the decade, right? We need to be thinking about success for the long-term. And that means we need to be thinking about success in the lives of our people as they grow and develop as well. I'd love to hear your thoughts around this idea that you're, you're leading through a love uh, uh, paradigm as opposed to a fear-based leadership model. Yeah, yeah. I think sometimes uh, organizational members and, and uh, leaders aren't exempt from this. Uh, they think of these kinds of conversations as being embedded in a zero-sum game, right? If, 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 I am, uh, if I'm focusing on the needs of others, how am I going to get my needs met? Uh, if I'm focusing on uh, genuinely caring for and loving and focusing on the needs of my followers, how are we going to make sure the business needs are met or my needs as a, as a stakeholder are being met in this context? Uh, the reality is, is uh, love-based leadership, uh, servant leadership, uh, isn't, isn't operating in a zero-sum game mindset. Uh, it's it's saying, you know what, uh, we all can rise, uh, the tides of this organization can ride, each of us can rise in this environment when we're putting the needs of others uh, before ourselves. Uh, but it's a it's a mindset shift, right, to, to, to say, uh, and I liked how you emphasize it, it's not just about trying to instill fear in others, it's about the leader saying, I'm not going to lead out of fear in this zero-sum game as well, I want to lead with understanding that we can have um, the whole of this community flourish, the people of this community. Our customers can flourish when we're focusing on leadership by love. Thanks for listening. To learn more, visit fcpservices.com. Until next time, remember, people drive growth.